Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. West Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs> See, that's the problem with the mic turning on when I go for it, though, because I don't know what y'all are going to be talking about. I need to let you. <laughs> so we just need to make sure somebody does it. It's usually me, but sometimes I can get the West commentary. It's been on the songs here recently, though. So you like the cool mode, Oh, yeah. For that sure. beat is amazing. I love um, I put in work. Yeah. Or work or whatever it is. No, yeah, it is. I love that song. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The cool, cool mode, that beat is yeah. absolutely amazing. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Start of the 2 o'clock hour. Who better to start it off than with uh, Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer to help us talk about our alma mater, Charlotte, getting the big victory over Davidson last night. Charlotte hits a buzzer beater after having multiple chances. Finally, Jackson Threadgill gets the rebound, throws up a second attempt. Charlotte wins 68-66 to against their rival Davidson. They bring home the Hornets' Nest trophy. Hunter Bailey here to help us talk about it. Follow him on Twitter, at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. Hunter, how are you doing after that game, man? Doing good, man. I'll say this. Lakai Patterson is very thankful for Jackson Threadgill. A hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. Well, and Hunter, we were talking about it this offseason, right? When Jameer Young left this program as one of the better players we've seen in this program's history. He was amazing. He was awesome as soon as he stepped foot on campus. And instead, he decides to enter the transfer portal. Really, it leaves Ali Khalifa as the most productive guy coming back to this basketball program. And here's Ron Sanchez coaching a 6-2 and two start. What did you think of the expectations coming into this year without Jameer Young? And how have they changed after a 6-2 and two start? I think you're seeing them playing as a lot more of a team, and that that was kind of the thing last year, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit, is a program like Charlotte in a mid-major, you're reloading every year with the transfer portal, and you're getting so many new faces. Like we talked about Jameer Young leaving from Maryland. Last year it was Clyde Trapp, Austin Butler. This year it's Igor Militic. This year it's Makai Patterson. So many different faces in and out, and I think this team has just gelled so much better than you know, the previous years here with the 49ers program. And I think you're seeing that with so much like selflessness on the basketball court, they're passing well. And I think in terms of expectations for the season, I mean, they're already off to a great start. I personally did not have super high expectations, but the B sitting here six and two hosting app state on Friday night. I mean, I think they're off to almost as good of a start as you can minus the Detroit mercy game uh, last week. Ali Khalifa has been awesome. 19 points, 16 rebounds in 36 minutes this past game against Davidson. We know how good of a passer he is. I expect those two assists to come up because he does resemble a little bit of what Jokic can do. Like he is one of those better passers, not the efficiency, but we get the idea A Nikola Jokic light. What has he meant to this basketball program as they try to live life post Jameer Young? Yeah, man, I think, I mean, like I say, as we've talked about, I mean, you can really run your offense through. I mean, this year he's averaging 10, 8, and 4. Ron Sanchez said it last night, like after the game, 
this guy is going to get a triple-double in college. And you can see that. The way that he passes the ball, he can step out and shoot, spread the floor. And he's really – I mean, there were a couple instances last night where he would back down in the post, and it was just like, okay, this guy is really developing. Like, four hard dribbles, spin left, easy layup. Like, Alex Eatlow for the observer covered that game, and he wrote about it and said – I mean, even even Ali looked surprised at how easy it was that he just got to the rim. And I think you're kind of seeing, kind of seeing them take that next step, especially in these big games. I mean, 19 and 16 against your rival for the Hornets' nest, like that's a defining game in the career, right there, in my opinion. And Hunter West Bryant here. And it's funny you say that. Where are we yet in the process with this program? You talk about them taking the next step. Are we still building? Are we looking at NIT? Are we looking at NCAA? Where exactly would you say that we're at in the Ron Sanchez era? I think that like conference play, kind of how they match up with that is going to be very key. I'm not ready to say NCAA. Um, it would be interesting to watch this team in the NIT, and I think if they can continue to shoot the ball well from outside and continue to play good defense, I mean, they're running this Princeton offense, pack line defense. Like, they, they're they working well together, and I think it's definitely – you're seeing the results of that. I mean, last night was a huge win, but they also competed you know, to the max in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Came up just a couple of points short of taking home that trophy to start the season. So definitely be interested to see how they stack up in the conference against teams like Middle Tennessee – UAB, squads like that. Uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting conference play, to say the least. What are some things that you feel like you're still looking for to see if they are there before you can feel confident uh, in where this program is headed? I think last night is going to, I guess I'll just say in terms of this season, I think last night is going to take Jackson Threadgill's confidence and send it through the roof. And I think, if they have that kind of production from him shooting the ball outside, then that, I mean, you spread the floor even more. I mean, just on the season alone, he's shooting 26% from three. If you can get that up 36 into the 40s, potentially, I think he adds a totally different element to their game. And I think that would, I mean, you're looking at a totally different team. Uh, as far as the program altogether, I think it's still on a year-by-year basis. I mean, obviously, Ali Khalifa still has a couple of years of eligibility left, plus the COVID year, if he were to choose to take that. This being Bryce Williams last year, Jackson Threadgill will be back. Some of these transfers who are younger will have a chance to run it back. But, I I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit. Like, there was a lot of pressure on this season for Ron Sanchez, and I think he kind of knows if he doesn't deliver, then things get dicey and obviously off to a good start, but still very early, only eight games in the season. Well, I was going to ask you that, but I'll also ask you this here, Hunter, and then we'll get you out of here. Mike Hill had to fire his first hire as a football uh, program in Will Healy, and now they're transitioning to Biff Pogey. Me and Wes both really like him and what he's brought to the table, at least in the introductory press conference. But how big is it for this basketball program under Mike Hill for the first basketball hire how, is import, how important is it that he gets this right as Ron Sanchez tries to build off of what is a good start so far? Yeah, I think I think getting this right is, I mean, very key. I don't think it would really define maybe Mike Hill's tenure with the university if he were to have to right. move on from Ron Sanchez, simply just depending on like who that next hire is, and that's a totally, totally different conversation. But I just think that overall it has been a struggle. I mean, we've seen some ups and downs. 
Like, I remember the COVID year. I mean, that was one of their best seasons. They had a first-round bye in the Conference USA tournament with a chance to really make that NCAA tournament. I mean, I mean, like, that season specific, they were horrible on the road. So I'm not sure how that would have played out playing in Texas for the Conference USA tournament. But there's been some ups. There's been a lot more downs. But I think the way that they're starting this year, if they can find any kind of momentum and continue to play like a team, I think there's a lot of youth on this roster that they can continue to develop moving forward. And I think that, I mean, you're kind of winning a game like last night creates expectations, right? I mean, you're looking at Friday night now. They're looking at two years in a row of beating App State. There's going to be a lot of people at that game now. I mean, Fife, maybe they lose at Davidson or have a different start to the year. Like, now you're looking at, okay, this this game could be rocking. And I think that as the expectations continue to build, I think, that changes the narrative for Charlotte basketball more so past, okay, Jameer Young's gone. Now it's okay, but Ali Khalifa's back and Jackson Threadgill is back. And now we've got Igor Militich and Lakai Patterson. Like there's different elements to this now, I think, as they continue to build. Yeah, right or wrong, it's provided some expectations for me. Like, I'm all in, baby. Let's go Charlotte 49ers after that win against Davidson, bringing back the trophy. Love to see it. Love to have Hunter Bailey on as well to help us talk all about it. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Hunter underscore Bailey 45, for so much coverage on Charlotte 49ers Athletics. Does a great job. Hunter, we really appreciate it, man. Thanks again for hopping on. Yes, sir. Take it easy, guys. Absolutely. You do the same. 704-570-9610. That's the number you can text us. Maybe your Charlotte thoughts or just overall college basketball thoughts. I want to give your power rankings the light of day rather than trying to fit it in into this segment because they are the final quarterback power rankings. We'll get to that in just a moment. But if we focus a little more on Charlotte here, I know you have always wanted to see the Charlotte 49ers get back to what that basketball level was when they're facing Cincinnati, when they're facing Xavier, the Bobby Lutz days, taking on some NBA prospects and actually getting some of these victories. Look, I thought it was done with, right? Like Jameer Young leaves this program. That guy was awesome. Shooting pretty damn efficiently within three-point range. The three-point shot had started to come along. But I think he's right what Hunter talks about. This team starting to play better offense because they're moving the basketball a lot more. They're still going to have to try to find somebody that can score in those crunch time situations. Threadgill only made two field goals last night, but one of them was the game winner. Maybe he can be that guy as the season goes on. Six and two, if you were to tell me as a 49er fan, do you sign up for that? I say absolutely, Wes and Ross, uh, Ron Sanchez having a hot seat year. Oh, yeah, no doubt, especially since they got Nikola Jokic out there. You know what I'm saying? You going to make fun of me for that? <laughs> no, I just said I was going to get a laugh out of that, man, just to mess with you. But, no, I saw you laugh. <laughs> I thought maybe it was going to be from the Khalifa I said, man, thing. going to have fun with this. The only reason I say that is because there's nobody else seven feet yeah, averaging no four assists no in, in college basketball. No it's pretty impressive. Yeah, no doubt. And getting the rebounds like that. But, yeah, and you said that. We, we talk about that because when you look at the all-time commits, as I was looking at UNCC recruiting, I mean, a, their greatest recruiter, according to, Two four seven. They've only had three four stars in the history of their program. So this isn't a program where talent is just going to come in abundance. And so that's why you have to give coach a little bit of the benefit of the doubt when trying to build this thing and get in, especially with transfers. But I think a win like last night 
definitely builds good momentum going forward. Uh, preseason, this was a program they were picked to finish ninth in the Conference USA uh, preseason poll. You know, it doesn't matter a ton, but you still want to see guys, and they didn't have a single guy uh, as a all-conference honoree to start the season. So, uh, you know, we're not talking about a powerhouse here, but this is a team, like I said, that can keep building on wins like tonight. That makes the team feel better, makes the team believe, because we know Davidson has pedigree. So, like I said, I want to see it. I think the NCAA tournament would be a lot more fun with them in it. And so I hope that Coach Sanchez can keep on building uh, on that team. Well, and even with App State not having the type of basketball success in their history, yeah. that's a pretty big back-to-back victory sample size if you can beat the Mountaineers at home on Friday. So you beat Davidson with the buzzer beater. Then you beat Appalachian State, which is a program that's turning itself around, by the way. Right. Like, these are not what the Mountaineers used to be, you know, five years ago, mm-hmm. right? Like, Dustin Kearns has done a really good job with that App State basketball program. So, if Charlotte can get two wins in a row against local teams, this is exactly what we talked about with the football team. Win these local rivalries, win, and the fan base will show up to support something that is starting to build. And before we move on and go to break, I did want to bring up the Mike Hill aspect because Mm -hmm. I thought both of these hires were great under Mike Hill the first time. Bringing in Will Healy to promote the program the way he did, thought it was huge. Go to your first bowl game ever as a program. Basketball. Ron Sanchez was a big part of the recruiting success Virginia had under Tony Bennett. Going back to Washington State, Kyle Weaver really helping there. Aaron Baines, an NBA player. Ron Sanchez helping that hasn't really happened so much with Charlotte yet, but you are off to a good start, man. If Sanchez can be someone that you don't fire this year, right? Like you don't have to have back-to-back fires in Will Healy and Ron Sanchez. I think that would be big for the athletic director of Charlotte. Yeah, and you want to talk about process or progress. This team didn't get their sixth win last year until December 20th. But also remember, I mean, they took my Deeks to the brink last year. They only lost by three points yeah. to a Pretty good uh, Wake Forest team. Down to a corner, missed three, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So this is a team, and they lost to Davidson last year pretty handily by 17 points. So, you know, like I said, you want to look for little increments of progress here and there. So if you're a Charlotte fan, hey, pep up. Put some, you know, put put a little something in your chest today walking around the city. Yeah, that's right. That's me. I'm putting a lot of pep in my step. (laughs) I'm pounding my chest because of that win against Davidson. I wanted to give it its final day here because it is the final time. We're going to get the ACC QB power rankings. We want to transition this this somehow to basketball. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you you have anybody else, number one, Wes. Buckle up. It's the quarterback rankings, (laughs) according to Wes Bryant. The last one of the year. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. I have something very important to ask all of the listeners. You can text us, Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. How do you eat your hot dogs? Because that led to a conversation where I don't really eat hot dogs like that. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying out some new sound here. Fiddy is going to be laughing this entire segment because of that one that's what she said joke. Look at I just want to keep I just want to kind of listen in to see if Fiddy could ever stop laughing at that. We mentioned hot dog 
and he's got to drop Michael Scott on us, man. Like that is fitty to its core. <laughs> I I go with chili cheese, may, like maybe ketchup if I don't. Like I don't want all of that stuff on it. But you are you were talking about having not tried JJ's hot dogs yet. Yeah, I was saying I hadn't tried JJ's, but I do like my hot dog pretty pretty stacked up. You know, I like chili cheese, uh, chili <laughs> slaw. You know, a little mustard, bury it with onions, or the way you like it, like a chili cheese uh, pup, like like at Crystals where you get the cheese chili. There's a lot of onions. Yeah. Fiddy, what do you how do you like your hot dog, man? I don't even want to ask you that question. <laughs> uh seemed to be a lot more we, we we really got into the way that we liked our hot dogs off the air and yeah, now and so it just kind of died. And and for some reason you like lettuce on your hot dog, which uh, thank you for letting us know that. <laughs> I did misspeak on lettuce. Uh, I deserve all the clowning. If I was somebody that did like lettuce on my hot dog, I would deserve all of the criticism. I, I, I'm a basic guy, I, you know, sometimes just like if I'm going to cookout, I just want the mustard because I don't trust her chili. But if I'm at a bar, if I'm at a cookout, <laughs> give me chili, cheese, mustard, and some onions. Wes, you said that you want yours buried in onions. Yes. Buried. Do you kiss your girl after eating the said hot dog? Probably because I'm the man like that. I still get to kiss with the onion breath. Oh, okay. So she, no. so she, so she likes that ogre activity. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, uh, but you said it, I love cookouts, hot dogs. They're one of my favorites. I don't really eat the hot dogs at cookout. My turn, yeah, my, man. I, every now and again. So I go Cajun chicken sandwich. I mm. used to be a big double burger guy. Yeah, that's what I get. But now I go Cajun chicken sandwich. I go quesadilla. Sometimes I'll be fat and get an extra chicken wrap. Yes, all oh, the ranch. Yeah. Oh my god. Ranch is great. Cajun. If I, I'll sometimes just double up on the Cajun. Asian, the fries as well, and I gotta go milkshake because ice cream is All basically right, my blood up the type. Time for my damn power rankings. Let's get it going. <laughs> <laughs> do we have music? Let's Hit go. It. Cue the music. Let's dress it up. Number five, Wes. Who do you have? <laughs> Top five ACC QB. The final. Okay, you can check this out on the ACCDN along with all our other great content, game highlights, all that great stuff. Go check us out. We got it all. Number five, Garrett Schrader finished up fifth. He, he bounced in and out all year, 285 passing yards, two touchdowns versus Boston College. He finished fourth in the ACC in pass efficiency rating, had some injuries and, you know, some, some stuff that nicked him up during the year. But overall, he had a pretty solid season. All right, so Schrader comes in at number five and will hold that title all offseason long, even with the Syracuse disappointing finish. He did, but he was injured through some of those, too, though. He missed sure. a couple of those games. All right. I can't put it all on him. All right. You you said before we started to do these rankings that it was about to get crazy. So Schrader at oh, number yeah. five. Buckle up. We'll, we'll get to number four now to see if the craziness really hits. Who's at number, number four? Number four, the wheels started to come off near the end of the season. He finished strong, but again in the Duke game, couldn't get it done in the last drive. Sam Hart finishes fourth and re remember folks these go week to week okay based off play we're not talking totality and things of that nature it goes week to week he didn't finish strong 347 passing yards three passing touchdowns versus Duke though he tied the ACC all-time pass touchdown record with 107 and he has 300 uh he, he has the most 300 yard passing games in ACC history he has 20 of those I'm gonna give you some credit about some ACC quarterbacks with a couple here real quickly okay you were always a little skeptical about Sam Hartman living yes. up on the big moment and right. that's something that happened this year mm -hmm. he's been sitting at three and four for a while yeah, he finishes man. at four you were also right about Devin Leary coming into the season with the offensive pieces yeah, thank they you. lost I appreciate that man I'm just thank wanted to give you, you some me credit. my flowers man thank you there you go
Number three, Who's number three, Jordan Travis. Listen, I know they've been beating up on Sisters of the Poor and the School of the Blind the last five weeks, wow. but uh, you know, three hundred fifty-three total yards, three T dollars because they've won five in a row, but they haven't beaten anybody in that stretch. Okay, Florida is not the Florida that we know and love, but he had three T dollars versus them. He's the first player in FSU history to have three plus touchdowns with one or fewer turnover in six consecutive games. So he's been playing some good football, but in that stretch against ranked opponents, he was not very good. That's why I keep him at number three. And he was second team all ACC, which I got a big problem with. Okay, we'll we'll get to that at some point, talking about these all ACC teams, because I ain't feeling them. All right, so if he was not second team all <laughs> ACC, oh, man. you Buckle feel like... Up, baby. Buckle up, don't, baby. Don't do it, Wes. <laughs> we're gonna talk about cookout again. We're gonna we're gonna stop it, and we're gonna talk about cookout if you really do it. <laughs> you want to cut the music for this? Cut the music off. Cut the music off. All right. Kill it. I go acapella. Go ahead, Wes. At number two. Don't do it. Loser of his last two games, two touchdowns in his last two weeks. That is why at number two is Drake. May, okay? Seriously? And Drake May. The man, he still led the FBS in total offense per game. He's fifth in points responsible for, but no, I told on. you. I, w- I want you to, the, the, the way you just went over that. Matter. You want to talk about juice. You want to talk about juice. And then the way you just said, he still leads the he FBS. Did, and, but where was that at the last two weeks? And two L's. It was, it, Josh Downs dropped it. Oh, no. But there were a lot of punts and a lot of, uh, you know, he had Empty more possessions in between. He had more drop. wins than your number one QB. But he lost the last two games, and he was, yeah, the wheels came off at the end, man. Two touchdowns in the last two weeks. I moved every quarterback down. Now, I've been fair. Every quarterback when they struggled. I don't no, know. You've Every changed. quarterback when they struggled two weeks or better got moved down. Sam Hartman got moved down after two bad games. DJ, you got moved down after a couple of bad games. So I've been fair, if anything. Okay. Those games were worse than what Drake May was putting up the last two. Two touchdowns in the last two. And you lost to Georgia Tech at home. Georgia Tech has been playing better. Oh, come on. Carolina should have beat them by 28. And they would have had Josh Downs held on to a touchdown yeah, catch. What about all those empty positions between them? So, yeah, like I said, Drake May, number two, man. The wheels came off at the end. Got to finish strong. I, it is going to be a really hard case See, to justify number one. Hope. Okay, is it, just is it really because they the man. Number one. Number, number one. one. Finishing the season at the top, not the guy. This is not the five we thought we'd have coming into the season. Riley Leonard from Duke, the man made honorable mention all ACC, almost wanted to pull my hair out. <laughs> Finished the season with 30 TDR. He had 391 passing yards, four touchdowns versus Wake last Saturday. Duke was picked to finish dead last in the Coastal. When you say, what is the reason Duke is 8-4, and four, the number one reason is going to be Riley Leonard, and he's still top 25 in all of SBS in total offense per game and points responsible for. But at the end of the season, like I said, the fact that the Duke card is heavy because when you take a team that's supposed to be dead last and you are one of the catalysts for it winning eight games, that matters. Drake made the end of the season. The wheels came off. Is he the most talented? Yes. Will he be a number one overall selection? I believe so. But the last two weeks, and you better hope that he comes out in this championship game and balls out. So here's my question. (laughs) You hold the Georgia Tech loss in high regard to Drake May falling to number two. Riley Leonard did lose to Georgia Tech. And was not good in that game. And lost to Drake May. 
He at did. home. And but did not he, have to face the NC he, State defense he that barely, we heralded as the best in the ACC. He barely lost to Drake May. And he played a really good game against Drake May. Okay, but it's what have you done for me lately. That's how the power rankings work. When you have two bad weeks in a row and you only score two touchdowns and you lose two games after being held as a Heisman contender, you're going to move. I was fair to every quarterback all season long. If guys Until had now. a bad two games or more, you got moved down. I just, the Georgia Tech thing. If, if he's playing the best ball in the ACC right now. No, but who you trust him okay. more to win you a game? No. What what quarterback? I trust Riley Leonard. What quarterback in your top five is in Charlotte this Saturday? Has Drake May won the last two games when the, when it what came down to it? What quarterback's playing for if a conference so, championship? If this is your final, Wes, you are going to have to defend this next year yeah. when we preview the college football ACC slate, and you're going to have to say, according to Wes Bryant, Riley Leonard. Is the best quarterback coming in? Are you prepared to defend that stance? I'm prepared. We come in next because year because my boy got the stats to okay. back me up. He took his team no, eight four. That was sick. He got thirty touchdowns. Yeah, oh, what does Drake have? Okay, but what did he do the last two weeks? How against many Georgia he got Tech, the last he did weeks? something better than Riley Leonard. Zero touchdowns against Georgia Tech. And Riley Leonard had 130 passing okay. yards on a 50 percent completion percentage. Okay, but that percentage. was a while ago. What have you done for rushing. me lately, Drake May? I mean, 30 yards rushing for Riley Leonard. Dude didn't even have 200 yards total offense against okay, Georgia Tech. that's fine, but that was weeks ago. All right. Because what have you done for me lately, baby? I, I'm just saying, yeah, it's, it's apparently the, uh, you just you just need to go ahead and defend Riley so, Leonard. When we come in next year and say he's the best QB in the ACC, we're going to be looking at you side-eyed. What, what, what if Drake balls out on Saturday? Well, we're going to find out. Like, like, what if he goes out there and throws for 300 yards, five tuds, and beats so, Clemson so, and wins an ACC championship? So now here's well. the, so, so maybe this isn't the last one then. <laughs> maybe you have found an escape hatch here. Because what happens is, Maybe, because Duke is going bowling, we're going to see two more games from Drake May. We're going to see one more from Riley Leonard. We're going to see Jordan Travis, right? These guys will have the bowl games, Drake and DJ. So you guys want a bowl game edition? Well, I think you want it's... That? Well, uh, and then a final season ending. And it would we, benefit you more than it would benefit and, us. And listen, I listen. I don't dance unless I hear music. These acts, <laughs> what people think, don't bother me, man. And Fitty, <laughs> you you kill me nice because you just said when they lost NC State that he got exposed. He, okay, he got exposed. He's still a better quarterback than Riley Leonard. He, he beat playing, him. He ain't playing better ball right now. He beat him in his backyard in a game that ultimately decided the Coastal Division winner and who's in Charlotte competing for a conference championship. I will say, too, Riley Leonard's stats no, against Wake argument. Forest are not good. What uh, you mean when, he had 391 and four touchdowns? Not as good as Drake May, who had 450 yards. and No, excuse me, 500. 500 total right. yards against well, what the do do? opponent that you just wanted what to give a lot of credit Georgia to Riley Leonard. State. Something better than Riley Leonard did. You know he put his team in a position to win. Something better okay. than Riley Leonard well, did. Well, Riley Leonard took a team that was picked to finish last in the Coastal and got them 8-4. and four. This is what I hate about our debates today is that we have to disparage somebody. But that's yeah, just ahead. how it goes. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I mean, they were, fin- they were picked to finish dead last. No. They, they won eight games. Uh, yeah, less than Drake May. Also performed worse than what Drake May did against the teams you're touting. What do you do, yes. do against Drake May, though? Didn't he have a great game against Carolina? And lost, which you give okay, wins he lost, a QB Yeah, stat. but that was a while ago. And Drake May. Who if Drake May, if Drake May have what not? Uh, Drake May did have a better game overall, but Riley, Riley Leonard still had a great game. If Drake May had won one of these last two games, he would have finished one. But come on, man. 0-2 and 
two touchdowns in the last two weeks. Nah, bro. So, You're moving so, down. So Riley Leonard loses to Pitt and wins against Wake. Yeah, this most he, he's his, one and one. But his stats was crazy against Pitt. They weren't crazy. He they did. were 290 and negative four yards How rushing. How many touchdowns? Don't leave those out. Three. Okay. Four. That's what I said. Yeah, you try to leave stuff out. You see that? You he see that radio? He's like, yards. oh, he ain't play that good and just gave me the yards. He still had four touchdowns and threw the, the touchdown Every to get him in that opponent you're talking about, Drake May had a better game than. Drake May had over okay. 400 yards and five touchdowns against Pitt. What did he do the last two weeks? Against Georgia Tech, something better than Riley Leonard. Uh, something better than Riley Leonard. It's the last 50 flash of the day before we wrap up <laughs> on Russell Walker. Let's go. We fired the up in here. Kyle Bailey. Let's go. What's the 50 flash? We're going to transition back to college <laughs> basketball, where last night Louisville lost to Maryland in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They're now 0-7. The last team to star 0-7 or worse was Virginia back in 1960 and 61. And I guess since we spent so much time talking about the Tar Heels, let's let's talk about Duke tonight. They're at home this year against the Ohio State University, the team they played last year in the same event and lost. And that's where Coach K said they were out of their, quote, energy cycle at the end (laughs) of that defeat. This team's coming off a shellacking to Purdue in Portland in the Phil Knight Legacy Final. They have shooting woes. What would you like to see at home uh, for Duke under John Shire in their first marquee game under him in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, as simple as it is, I, I think you want to see something else besides just Filipowski actually producing for them offensively. I think you want to see Jeremy Roach also become a player that is consistently maybe like top two where somebody else is actually helping you out as well. I think that's something you want to see from Duke, but it was a bad loss to Purdue, no doubt. The Boilermakers are still top five for a reason. They did have a close Close game against Kansas. John Shire is just getting his feet wet as a head coach. Remember, even if Hubert Davis did make the championship last year, it wasn't until late in the season that Hubert Davis was able to have that success. So I'm not too worried about Duke. North Carolina, on the other hand, they have a lot more pressure tonight as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, uh, I want to see the Duke freshmen look like the freshmen that they were hyped up to be being the number one class because I've been underwhelmed by all of them except for uh, my man Filipowski, he's been um, balling, so I want to see that. Good. Yeah, I want to see that. But lively, like I said, you know how I feel about him. And then uh, Whitehead is well. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I want to see Whitehead come through and um, and do his thing. But so far, they've been underwhelming. And with Carolina, you know, like you said, you want to see them come out. Well, I want to see them lose. But however, <laughs> if you're a Carolina fan, you want to see them come out and look like the team that they're supposed to be on the road, hostile environment, playing against. I think we could consider, would you consider Indiana a blue blood? Yeah, that's Absolutely. Been, it's yeah, been, well, that's what I'm saying. So, we, yeah. We had, I, I had that debate with a lot of people last year. I mean, it's been a long time since Indiana could be considered a, the type of success that a blue blood might bring. But Indiana, I still think they're that. So, we'll see what they can do. North Carolina, that is, at Assembly Hall. And also Duke taking on Ohio State this evening in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We'll talk a little more about it, actually, coming up next in the last segment of Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Calm down now on the Wesson Walker Show. 
talking about bulletin board material for Drake May. Mac Brown's got to be, if he's listening at all out there, which I'm sure he is because he's a huge fan of Fitty. If Mac Brown and Drake May are listening to the last segment, then they've got some bulletin board material for Clemson this weekend. They're going to put Riley Leonard stats <laughs> up there. They're going to say this dude, the ACC Digital Network and WFNZ yeah. thinks Riley's better than you. You better show him what's up against Clemson this I weekend. I just said he's playing better right now. Okay. It led to a lot of loud noises. Let's go to what's on tap. What's on tap brought to you by Twin Peaks. You can join our e-club to stay up to date on all things Twin Peaks. And you can score some free stuff. Visit TwinPeaksRestaurant.com slash Peaks dash club. We already talked about the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Duke, Ohio State tip off at 715. UNC, Indiana going to be taken a couple hours later. Tip is set for 915. Let's go to some of the predictions. Wes, we'll start with you. Both of those games, who comes out victorious? Oh, man, this is going to be tough. I was thinking about that today. I'm just going to give Carolina the benefit of the doubt. I don't think they take three straight losses. So I'm going to go with Carolina. And then um, I think I think Duke, too, will respond well. So I'm going to go with both of them. All right, Fiddy, who you got in both of these games? I've got Duke winning in the early matchup. And I've got Indiana beating Carolina Woo! tonight. The Heels are just 6-9 and nine all time against the Hoosiers. And that is not nice. Assembly Hall is a very tough place to go in and win, as we've learned the hard way. I think Carolina drops his third straight. I do wow. think that if you look at Indiana's schedule, they're 6-0. and They're ranked number 10 in the country right now. They do not have that marquee win, though. Xavier, they won on the road, but it was a two-point game, 81-79. to I'm going to get the uh, – I'm going to take both of the ACC teams. I think you have a 2 nothing advantage here um, with Duke and North Carolina finding a way to get some of these victories. Real quickly, Fiddy, if you think North Carolina loses tonight – then how bad does this thing get for the heels as the season goes on? Let's say that your prediction's true. Yeah, I know. I, I said this last week going into Portland when they played out after they lost to Iowa. Say that a four-game losing streak wasn't out of the question. On the road tonight in Bloomington, on the road Sunday in ACC play against Virginia Tech, Castle Coliseum, not a place to go and get a W. So you're looking at potentially four straight losses. Mm. If this team, though, is the title team we think they're capable of being, I, I would like to see them respond and, and justify that because so far this season they haven't justified why they were the preseason number one team or the odds on favorite to win the national title. I don't think that this is just some – I saw somebody say that maybe this year's North Carolina is just last year's UCLA where they they went far in the tournament, they had guys returning, but it's not like they were really all that special anyway. They just got hot in the NCAA tournament. I don't think that with this North Carolina team. I think they still have a lot of talent. I still think bringing these guys back is a good thing rather than sometimes where people will say, oh, well, we've got all our guys back from this mid, you know, this mediocre squad. Sometimes that's not good because y'all are mediocre, right? Like, I, I don't think that's true of North Carolina. I think they did finish better at the end of the season when they did lose to Virginia Tech when North Carolina was playing well and they lost in the ACC tournament. Virginia Tech, they would also go on to beat Duke and the Hokies were ending pretty hot they lost north carolina lost to vt in the acc tournament last year right so when the Hokies would go on to beat duke and win it mm -hmm. they were also facing another hot team i i do think north carolina is for real i do think they show it and i think it starts tonight against indiana if it doesn't man this thing's going to be off to a awful start considering their expectations what happened on this day in sports history let's go only back to 1990 in this one what happened then fitty yeah the walker on this day in 1990 uh boston celtic legend larry bird scored his 20,000th career point in the celtics 123 to 95 win 
over Washington at the Boston Garden. Uh, Bird became the fifth player in league history along with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, John Havlicek, Oscar Robertson, and Jerry West to gather 20,000 points, 5,000 rebounds, and 5,000 assists. On this day in 1996, Michael Goat Jordan became the 10th player in NBA history to reach 25,000 <laughs> points after scoring 35 in the Bulls' win at San Antonio. If you remember back to yesterday, we had I a do. LeBron milestone in a loss, and these were Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. Milestone moments, and both of their teams would go on and win in such fashion. And on this day in 2012, <laughs> the Mets signed third baseman David Wright to an eight-year extension for $138 million, the largest contract in team history. Is David Wright your favorite Met of all time? He's my favorite Met of all time, and he's the best third baseman to play in the modern NL East. Okay. Um, I was trying to think of who. I was trying to. Was it you guys? I was talking about with David Wright is your favorite. There's a lot of people that love David as Mets fans, right? Yeah, like, he's, he, he was the last captain the Mets have ever had. Just an emotional leader for the club. Um, I'm actually going through his book right now. It's, it's It's been a great, fun read. And, yeah, injuries really took away what could have been a great career from him. But we'll always have that moment, Game 3 in the World Series, where he hit that home run to give the Mets the lead. All right, speaking of what's on tap, I was, I was going to talk about this, too. Just watched the first episode of the Shaq documentary. It's a four-part series coming out on HBO Max. The first episode was awesome. I feel like most people try to do the whole last dance thing they did with Michael, but people fail to realize you can do that with MJ, with the GOAT, with somebody as big as what Michael Jordan was. I feel like Shaq can have a four-part series. Is that something you're interested in and oh, or have seen? no doubt about it. He's one of the favorite players of my lifetime, so I would be all in for that. It was a lot of fun to see what his childhood was like growing up. And second episode, I believe, does drop tonight, so I'll be watching that. And the other thing I wanted to mention before we get to final takes, I am introducing a lot of the 30 for 30 documentaries to my girlfriend. We got to watch Bo Jackson last night. It's his 60th birthday today, so they kind of helped with why we watched it. To introduce someone who has no clue who Bo Jackson is, and then her getting to see what he was able to accomplish, it's pretty cool. Running on the wall that he when he didn't slow down catching that baseball in the outfield crazy it's nuts to see some of the stuff he could do talking about athleticism brian burns tristan Wirfs. i think they can both take a backseat to what bo jackson was able to do oh yeah no doubt the thing that's crazy is i would have just loved to have seen him run that 41640 that they talk about it's crazy at 239 you talk about athletic index 240 235 240 running like that 62 wow yeah nuts to see what bo jackson was able to do back in the day happy 60th to one bo jackson final take wes what's your final take today uh my final take is riley leonard uh, is the man yeah i figured it would be something like that what's your <laughs> final take fitty uh, that's table behavior out of West. Guys, make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast. You can find the Weston Walker Show anywhere you find your podcast, including uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the great places to find your podcast. Check us out if you missed any of today's show. Okay. Now follow us on Twitter, West and Walker. How do you spell it, West? W-E-S-A-N-D Walker. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, my final take will be we're still trying to figure out a nickname. The Bagel Guy said, please stop kissing up to Carolina fans, Walker, or as I should say, Big Bird. Also, some people have had fun calling me lanky ass, and we are going to pass it on to not only just Kyle Bailey, but Bigfoot Bailey. He came in during the break. We didn't mention this, and he said, Bigfoot is real. 
Bigfoot is absolutely 100% real. You were 50-50, Wes. You were like 36% is the number that you gave on how much you believe in Bigfoot. I was like 25%. I feel like we need to come back tomorrow with more... Research? Yeah. Okay. Show homework. All right. Before you watch North Carolina tonight, let's watch Finding Bigfoot. Find that on Discovery Plus. And then we'll talk all about it tomorrow right here from 12 to 3, Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 FM. It's the Kyle Bailey Show with Smoke Ludwig coming up next.